welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 how are we all doing on this here last episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show for the year of 2023? Of course, we are not ending the show just yet. I know you want me to. I know you want me to. But sometimes dreams don't come true. Sometimes you get a bit of coal in your stocking. And this here show is that there coal. But I'm, of course, your host, Marcus Ness. Did I already say that? If I did, well, I just want to make sure you know. I want to make sure you remember. I know what you're all thinking. What is your favorite game of 2023? What's your favorite movie of 2023? I have no fucking idea. I have not played anything or watched anything from this year that stood out in a way that resonated and lingered and made an impact on my life in a positive way. But you all know that I haven't played or watched. Eh, I've watched some of the bigger hitters, but I haven't played any real game of significance or a, a contender, a traditional contender, big and small. No Tears of the Kingdom, no Alan Wake 2, no Baldur's Gate 3, no Dave the Diver, no... I don't even remember what Final Fantasy, Starfield. Forza Motorsport is probably the biggest game of this year that I played. And that is definitely not the game of the year. That is a bit of a letdown. I think the driving... The actual mechanics of driving feel great. And everything else surrounding it, not so great. Also for a game we've waited so long for that's come out this late in the generation that is a generation exclusive. It's only on series consoles. The expected graphical leap, not there not there and I guess I'm in the camp who thinks some of the artistic decisions don't work that well while they may be more accurate and I'm specifically talking about the lighting and the way colors are a bit more desaturated especially when you compare it to Gran Turismo 7, which Digital Foundry put up a video about a few weeks ago. Not specifically about the colors, but just comparing the two games and what they do, how they look, how specific tracks that they share differ, etc. That I was surprised they put out, even though their reasoning was we don't have a lot of opportunities to compare games in such a way where there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of similarities 
I still think it's weird for them to do a comparison like that. Even if there's no intention of putting more fuel on the fire that are flame wars, the internet can't help it. But I haven't really played anything big. And I haven't watched anything that I would be willing to call my favorite or the best movie that I've seen this year. I'd probably end up defaulting to... Is it Across the Spider-Verse? Or is that the first one? Into the Spider-Verse is the first one. Across the Spider-Verse, second one? I'd probably default to that, even though I did not love that. I thought it dragged. I did not like the not ending. I felt it was very overloaded with a bunch of crap and I'm getting sick of this multiverse shit which I'll get to when I talk about one of the games I've been playing this week which include, let me get that out of the way not out of the way like it's but the games for this week that I played include the Invincible the no relation to the comic Invincible though there are multiple games or at least one game about Invincible, but not that Invincible. The Invincible, a sci-fi classic novel from the 60s that I was unfamiliar with prior to the game. And then Rough Justice 84, Trinity Fusion, Asterix and Obelix, 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 Slap Them All 2, and then Dungeons of Sundaria. But I did watch Barbie to get back on the movie topic. And I have I have a very specific feeling about that movie and one particular aspect about it that really, really bothers me that I didn't even notice the first time. Things that bothered me the first time, I was more accepting of upon my second viewing. But then something else stood out. I am not going to discuss it because I see no point in it people love the movie have fun loving have fun loving Barbie I thought it was alright it's a solid 3 out of 5 6 out of 10 whatever but there are multiple problems I have with that movie still enjoyable but masterpiece no And then I have more, regardless, because I have some structural and story issues with it and the the way things are paced. But those aren't my real, real problem with it. It's a more emotional thing that really bothers me and would bother me in the hypothetical where I had a daughter of I'll leave it at that uh I won't specify and you won't be able to guess I don't think you'd be able to guess if you guess what my issue with or what my issue with Barbie is five points to you but I can't think of anything else that is specifically from 2023. 
they don't I don't think I watched all that much. The Transformers movie was a big, big, big disappointment. One of the worst Transformers movies to date, I'd say. And, and just that it's not bad like a lot of the other ones. But the other ones are bad in an entertaining way. Whereas Rise of the Beast was just fucking boring. I release date. How many... 20. So I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I have 11 2023 movies on my Plex server. Ant Man and the Wasp, fucking awful. John Wick Chapter 4, the movie where Keanu Reeves officially became too old for this shit. I thought a lot of the fights and choreography were just very clearly compromised. Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe that's the best movie of the year. Much to my surprise, because I was not feeling it the first time, but second time I watched it, I had a pretty good time with it. Super Mario Brothers, fuck off. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, pretty all right. But it, it, it was more expected than Dungeons, so I, I'd still get the, the, the nod to Dungeons. Fast X, haven't watched it. I just own it because I own all the other Fast movies. I haven't watched the last two. And Spider-Man, yeah. Transformers, no. Indiana Jones. Oh, that was boring too, sadly. And that's another example. This this was the year of, and you could even maybe say that with Fast X, though there's the controversy with Vin Diesel and assault allegations. I don't know where they are currently with that because it's still pretty fresh. So that's now lingering over the series and uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't I don't know if any additional details will come out but that's not great but this is the year of y'all are too old for this shit you have Keanu Reeves and John Wick you've got Vin Diesel and Fast X where he had a lot of digital stuff to remove his wrinkles and whatever I guess and then clearly Harrison Ford is too old for Indiana Jones. It was rough watching him. And when they first cut to him in pre present age, not present day, and he has his shirt off, God, put your shirt back on. Oh God, why are you doing this? And I did not, a lot of people talk about how good overall the digital de-aging was for him for that whole opening section I maybe it's it's just I'm super sensitive to that I don't I did not think it looked good at all and it has a, it has a problem where it's just it feels like the head is disconnected from the rest of the body when he's wearing the helmet it just it never looked Right, it looked weird. It looked very weird. And maybe, maybe it would be acceptable in a movie that was entirely that, where eventually you just give in and accept that it's going to look a little bit off. Where you think of it as, it, it would maybe be acceptable in the case of this being where we are in terms of accuracy and 
believability in a Robert Robert Zemeckis-esque Beowulf, Polar Express, Christmas Carol, etc. type of movie where it's it's it looks where it, in the same way that the Lion King live action is not live action, you'd have these live actions that are not live actions. But then Barbie and Gran Turismo, Barbie whatever I still haven't watched Gran Turismo. How about we just count the menu, which according to Plex had a November sixteenth, twenty twenty two release as a twenty twenty three movie, and let's just say that's the best movie of twenty twenty three. Okay, enough rambling. Enough of this rambling. Let's get on to the show. What I've been playing and and this year. And fucking start 2024 fresh, feeling good, feeling energized, feeling ready to just do a lot of things and have a lot of whatever. (laughs) So to what I've been playing. Started with the Invincible. This is a first person walking simulator. Again, based on a classic sci-fi novel of the same name that I'm unfamiliar with. I know nothing about it, or I knew nothing about it going into the game. And what the game did at least was get me interested in the story. However, I don't think the game proved to be a good vehicle for the story. I was very bored in the hour and a half or so I put into it. It's a lot of walking, as to be expected of a walking simulator. And you get bits of story here and there with occasional flashbacks that are triggered from certain interactions. And the flashbacks are some of the worst parts of the game because they work as ex- exposition dumps. And in some cases, it's completely lacking interactivity or you know it's something where you're just for instance sitting at a table listening to all the other characters talk for five plus minutes that feels like 30 minutes or you will be looking at a map and every now and again a character will say something that is asking you to look at a designated spot on the screen and press a button and then that'll initiate dialogue and a lot of the rest of the game is looking at designated spots and pressing a button to initiate some kind of dialogue. Maybe it'll put something on your map, but that's primarily what I was doing. I have read that there are some puzzles. I don't believe if anything I did was supposed to be a puzzle, like getting this robot to work by talking to the dude and then Placing a beacon, that's that's definitely not a puzzle. So I don't know what these puzzles are, but I've heard they're pretty simple and basic and again, very lacking in any kind of significant interaction or challenge or anything making it, it makes sense that this needed to be a game. And the, vo- the voice acting is pretty good. Character models, eh, but the environment is... Well, realize you're on this planet, though very barren. I've not played Starfield, but this is probably though it's it's much more isolated, more more story centric, more focused. 
is probably in contention for having the most barren landscape, but I've seen some videos of Starfield and Starfield feels way more open and, and barren because at least you've got these large rock structures and stuff that are hiding how barren the planet probably is. At least you have those in the way blocking your view of the rest of the barrenness. G.I. Joe. But it's just very, very boring. And had me wishing there was more to do, more to explore, more to find, more more chances to go off the beaten path, but it all felt very, very guided. And there was also an instance where and how, again, the game doesn't really give you any control, even in this, the most simplest of ways. There's a part where you find one of your fellow colleagues who's collapsed and seemingly dead. There's no pulse, and you try to bring her back by doing the Heimlich. That's what it's called, right? I've, I've never actually... Do they do that in schools now? In high schools? Have, in addition to your health... I guess it would be part of health class, not... Do they have, what is it, home ed? Is that still a thing? I feel like home ed would be not PC or whatever these days, but... If they have a health class where they teach that stuff, they didn't have that for me growing up. But you were doing this and trying to resuscitate your your fellow colleague and, and, and hopefully get her breathing again. While you're doing this, to, to, to do this, that is, you just, again, look at a designated spot on her body, press a button, I think it's typically right trigger for all the interactions and then your your character starts trying to resuscitate her the only interaction you have during that whole scenario is the ability to at one point during the the Heimlich is look at her vitals on a little on screen a little like risk indicator and then reply to one of your colleagues who's up in I believe the spaceship telling you just just let it go it's, it's no good but you can you can try a little longer though it'll be to no avail and that is what the the game was for me again there might be some additional interactions as it goes on but during that first hour hour and a half it was just nothing and that is enough of a sour first impression for me to not want to continue and, and the way they delivered the story in those flashbacks I was eventually tuning out because I just if you're just going to have me sitting at this table listening to this conversation the fact that it is being delivered from my point of view in first person does not make it more engaging. I would rather it be a cutscene where you're using dynamic camera angles and making the scene more engaging while it's ultimately just an exposition dump. But if I'm just sitting there and I could look at this character, I can look at this other character, I can look down at the table, 
I can look at the, the papers they're talking about. I can I look up at the ceiling. I can look out the window and be like, oh, that's pretty outside. What are you, what are you talking about? I, I can't I can't hear what you're saying because it's just it's so pretty outside. It just does, it doesn't work for me, sadly. But I'm curious about the story, even though there are parts of it that I completely missed because again I just I tuned out. So that's the invincible. Worse than invincible. But I, I can't speak to Invincible the game. Speaking of not the Invincible, next is Rough Justice 84. This is a game where you play as a super cop who was wrongly convicted, I think, and eventually get let out of or, or you get pardoned after a new DA comes into power. Your city has become the murder capital of the country. And you meet up with one of your former cop colleagues who's no longer on the force, set up his own business, and you are going to help him get the funds to keep everything afloat by managing his recruits to tackle various jobs, like security jobs or transportation jobs that are just security jobs, and so on. It's very reminiscent of the This Is The Police games, if you play those. But from what I played, and I only played a little bit, and I'll get to, to why. Because there's something that I could enjoy here. You, you hire various people based on their abilities. So they might be very cunning. They might have nimble hands. They might be very charismatic or have certain traits that will then benefit them on certain types of jobs. You take a case load, which will include multiple cases for you to complete. And then you send your various employees who are, who are all contract employees. You're not hiring any of them permanently. They, they work for the day or until their energy is used up and you send them out on these missions they will, when they get there, ask you for some advice on how to tackle it. And you're going to try and use what you know about them and the situation to give them the best chance of succeeding. When it comes time to complete the mission, it comes down to a dice roll. And you have to get three dice at four or higher. And I don't know if it varies, but in my experience, all of the characters had three chances to reroll. And then you can use some energy to purchase additional dice if you don't have enough for a certain mission or just to give you extra cushion. And, and then you, you roll the dice in hopes that you will get what you need in order to successfully complete the mission, which will then give you money and so on and so forth XP etc it's a fine system but what ultimately killed it for me because I, I do like that there's a bit more of user input as opposed to 
this is the police where it was all very just send people and they'll they'll do what they're going to do. It's all timer based. They might succeed, they might not. It's all random, and you have absolutely no say. This, of course, has the random and the randomization of the dice roll, but you're the one rolling the dice. So you feel like you have some some say in how things play out. But what made it incredibly frustrating is the UI and how incredibly annoying it is to navigate and know when you are actually selecting a certain part of it because the background color and the highlight is very negligibly different. It's like a shade off, if that. There are parts of it where what you're actually selecting it, it, it it's selected when it looks like you're not selecting it so where you would have usually a highlight over it, it it looks like there's no highlight over it and that means you're actually on that specific part of the, the UI the menu and that then you can press the button and it'll go through and it was just a brain breaking I don't like this maybe it would feel better on PC where I could just put my cursor over something and say this is what I want you to do do it but on controller it it was driving me nuts it, it was frustrating the hell out of me and ultimately ruined the experience I'm sure it's something that eventually you can get used to you can familiarize yourself with this game's version of how things work in the same way that you had to familiarize yourself get accustomed to the buttons and what they did in, say, Metal Gear Solid on the original PlayStation. X is not the the X is not the button you think it is. Stuff of like that, but uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. And uh, visually, it was it was frustrating. But as a game, it seemed it seemed okay. Voice acting, mm, story. Bleh. But in terms of just doing all that, seemed okay. You can go to send your people to shops and have them buy things. You can have cards that'll give you little bonuses as well. But the UI just bugged me. Then we have Trinity Fusion, which is a roguelite, very, very much so like Dead Cells. But this is under the guise of a multiverse. And you have various versions of yourself. I played a, a decent amount of it. And it's it's very well made. It feels good. It has an almost painterly aesthetic. It, it, it's just got a little something there, a little something there, which I like. I, I think the voice acting was fine. The story, the story lost me just because I, like I alluded to at the top of the show earlier in the show, I think I've reached a point where you say multiverse, I say fuck, fuck off. No, I don't want to get away from me. But for the for for the guys of a. a a roguelite. It, it, it works. I do think there is 
a bit of a design blender throw at the wall for enemy designs that don't feel like there's any consistency. It doesn't feel like there's any consistency. There are There's a lot of variety, but it seems like the environment has no effect on the type of enemies you're, you're fighting and you'll fight against robots with swords or wheeling robots, big old Gatlin gun, grenade launcher robots, these armadillo looking things with ice things in their back, snails, little lizard weirdo things. It's just, it's all over the place. And I wish there was a bit more of a consistent uh, vision for each specific area that felt more... I, I, I wish the enemies felt more in, in the place they were instead of it just being a hodgepodge of all these different types. And in terms of the, the, the gameplay, you've got a double jump, a dash in air that also counts as a slide on ground and a basic attack as well as a ranged attack that you can switch out you can switch out both by finding weapons during a run and one of the things that the game does really really well is constantly give you new weapons and upgrades you also have some slots for consumables like a shield you can lay down, which is an area of effect shield that anyone in that bubble can't, or as long as you're in that bubble, you can't be hurt, which is very, very useful. I really like that. But then basic healing potions and stuff of that nature. But you will constantly come across devices in the environment that will give you new perks that will do anything from make a little green orb of health potentially drop I'll give you a percentage drop when killing an enemy that'll explode and heal you. Or successfully dodging an attack will place uh, an explosive on an enemy. Increase damage or, or double damage while also doubling the damage you take. So there's, there's some that have their negatives but have a very significant positive depending on your play style. And all of these have specific traits that when you unlock three of a certain kind, you will get a bonus perk. But these are scattered very frequently throughout the areas so that you constantly feel like you're always improving your character, getting something new, finding weapons all the time. So it does a really good job of drip feeding you little things here and there that keep every run fresh and make you feel like you're constantly getting something which is nice my real problem with the game though is that it it doesn't have anything to make it stand out one of the things I was thinking about when comparing it to Dead Cells was the music I don't actually know if there was any music playing during the levels. I remember sort of ambient music in the hub area, which I appreciate that it's it's, it's 
a cylindrical area that you can walk around to get to the various points that show you your stats or let you get some permanent buffs and stuff of that nature. But holding the left trigger allows you to fast travel to any of those points of interest, which is very nice. I first thought, am I really gonna have to walk around this thing all the fucking time? But having that little fast travel ability, very, very nice. But in the, the world, I don't remember the music. So it just has to be that forgettable because I can't believe it's not there. But the visuals, while well done, from a technical standpoint, they look good. And the game runs well. It plays well. It feels pretty good. There's nothing about it that sticks out in a way that says play me in a sea of so many other similar games the visuals are nice but they're not they're not attention grabbing when I see Dead Cells I, I see a game that I think looks amazing I love the visual style of that I see a game like Blasphemous and look at the animation and the the artistic direction. I see something very distinct that it draws me in. You have music that draws, you have certain more uh, complex in Blasphemous, I, I think, because it's been a while, but I believe that has a more interesting combat system. I believe, I, I could be wrong and think that the game that is very focused on one-on-one -on -one battles and having those all the time but you have games in the genre of roguelikes and roguelites that have something going for them to make them stand out in what has become the most overcrowded genre out there. We're at this point where, and we've been at this one for a while, where people talk about how there's so many games coming on Steam every week. The rogue genre has also hit that point. It's been there for a while where there are so many of those alone coming out every week that it, it just, it's hard to get someone to play your game over all the others. You need something. And that's the problem with Trinity Fusion. It's really well made. It's very good. It, it is a very, 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 very solid 7 out of 10. And then that there's nothing wrong with a 7 out of 10. One thing about this here too, way too flippin' with 9s and 10s. There's too many. It's just like you fucking throw them out all over the place. A 7 is not bad. A 7 is very, very good. 7's great. We like 7s. 7s are enjoyable. But the best way to explain it or, or whatever is when I'm playing Trinity Fusion... I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself. It's fun. I'm liking it. But when I'm not playing it, I am never for a second thinking about it. I'm not thinking, I can't wait to play more of it. I'm not thinking, man, my time with that game was great. It's completely out of my brain. And that's not a bad thing. But it, it's not, it's just not inducive to a, a game where you really want to 
say, hey, you got to check this out. You don't have to check it out. But if you do, I think you'll probably have a good time. This is, I'm not sure if it's on Game Pass, but this is the epitome of a Game Pass game. A game that if you don't have access to, you're not going to feel like you're missing out. But if it's part of this subscription service you're subscribed to and you check it out, you'll probably be very pleasantly surprised. Hey, I, I, I never would have played this game otherwise, but it was here and I just downloaded it on a whim and I had a really good time with it. Good on you, Trinity Fusion. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it is what it is. That is again Trinity Fusion though. Then we have our last two, which I'll get through quickly because there's not much to say about them. Asterix and Obelix, slap them all too. Is a beat em up starring those two characters, Asterix and Obelix, Obelix, Obelix. I'm not, it looks fine. I don't love the art style of that series. But like what I remember of the first game being a problem, it is borderline unplayable because they love throwing a lot of enemies at you at one time. And when that happens, the screen gets so cluttered with enemies taking damage, sound effects all over the place, pow, lap, oof, ow, that it is borderline unreadable. You're looking at the screen and it's just a mess of fucking who knows what the fuck is going on. And that is not enjoyable. That is just a absolute mess. I thought maybe it would ease up as I kept playing, but it didn't. Maybe it does at some point, but I highly doubt it. Because it did not in the entire time I played it up until the point I said, that's it, I can't take any more of this. Because it's just a fucking mess of visual clutter that not only makes the game unenjoyable, but makes looking at it also. It, it takes away from the art. If, if I did enjoy the art, if you enjoy the art, the animation is sometimes nice and fluid, other times stiff. But if you like all that, you're, you're not going to be able to see any of that because it's going to be covered in all these fucking effects and other bullcrap. Which is, is too bad. I like beat em ups. This is this is not this is not doing it. Then the last game is what was it again? Oh yeah, Dungeons of Sundaria. This is just a fucking this this game's a absolute fucking mess. The performance is awful. It's a series exclusive, doesn't look that great. It's a dungeon crawler where you start the game by creating your character very limited character creation sweet then you have your little town no tutorial or anything which i do kind of like but doesn't tell you fucking anything it just puts in here and then you see this little tiny overworld that has various areas that you can go into it'll give you what it recommends your level be for playing it on normal and then there are three other or two other difficulties that'll have other level requirements and then you go into these levels by yourself or 
with other people, presumably. And just clear them out. But it runs horribly. There, there was constant slowdown and little hitches. Most often, whenever I would initiate any kind of combat, it would lock up for a second or a fraction of a second while I'm about to attack an enemy for the first time. And then it would clear up. But the combat itself doesn't feel really good. It is very much so built in a, an MMO mindset in terms of that you have your little bar at the bottom with action set to the triggers, bumpers, and I, I think I think it's the, the triggers and two face buttons, not in the button. But you have that with cooldowns. You can't pause the game, even if you're playing by yourself. Always hate that. But it just isn't fun. It doesn't look great. It doesn't run well. has all those issues. The story, who, who cares? It's just, it's just a mess. It's a mess. So, don't play it. And I never like saying that. I, I never like being that blunt. And just, it's just, ugh. Doesn't feel good. Doesn't look good. Runs poorly. Dungeons of Sundaria. I'm sorry. Dungeons of I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry to end the year. Saying your game is a mess. But it is a mess. Here's a, here's your resolution for you. Fix your game. And I'll I'll revisit it and maybe it'll be better. And we could all have a good time and, and laugh this off. But until then, we are gonna laugh this episode and this year off by saying ha 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 ha. Uh, again, I am, of course, your host, Mark Hernandez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you enjoyed this here show and any of the stuff I do and what have you, or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense. In addition to the Patreon, you can find links to the site, the YouTube, the podcast, the Discord. I don't know why I said podcast. I think I meant to say something else. But you can find links to... All that and more over at PXSausage.com. That is, again, PXSausage.com. But that'll do it. That is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening this entire year. I appreciate it so very, very much. I hope you enjoyed this here specific episode, as well as all the episodes that came before, some of them at least. And I hope you have both a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your year. But for now, for the rest of 2023, let me say it one last time, and then I'll say it again next year, so it's who cares, whatever. But for the last time in 2023, Adios, a Riva Terci. Bye.
time.